passion for sport. This is Cameroon Roars. It's our daily look at what's happening at the 2021 Africa Cup of Nations finals in Cameroon. And I'm Steve Vickers. Day 19 today and it's a rest day today and tomorrow with the quarterfinals getting underway on Saturday. We'll be taking a look at Wednesday's games with Egypt and Equatorial Guinea going through to the quarterfinals. Also more on Monday's stadium disaster and we have an eyewitness account from a fan who was there. So now we have the quarter-final lineup, and on Saturday the Gambia take on the hosts Cameroon and Burkina Faso play Tunisia. On Sunday, Egypt against Morocco in the tie of the round, and Senegal will be playing Equatorial Guinea. So on Wednesday, a tense encounter in Douala as Egypt beat Ivory Coast 5-4 on penalties after it ended 0-0 after extra time. Eric Bailly missing in the shootout, and Mohamed Salah with the winning kick. I'm joined by African football expert Ida Waringa in Nairobi in Kenya. And overall, Egypt deserved it, Ida. What an evenly placed game, Steve. I mean, it really could have gone either way, you know. So many missed chances, incredible performances from both goalkeepers. It was actually 24 shots and 14 saves. I mean, absolutely phenomenal. And in a very rare day at this round of 16, We didn't have a single red card. Only day, I believe, in this uh, latest round that didn't see a red card. But yes, Ivory Coast definitely came into this on the better run. I mean, they impressed, especially in the group stage with that 3-1 win over Holders Algeria. But look, I guess one can never really count out the record African champions Egypt. It's a moment that will probably haunt Eric Bailey for a while, and a shame really because he had such a decent game at the back. While on the other hand, who else, you know, but Mo Salah to fire his team into the last eight where they will face Morocco. And what a quarterfinal that'll be, a North African derby. None amongst them, to be honest, has really impressed, in particular so far. So it will be interesting, you know, to see who goes through from that. Yes, and on Ivory Coast, they'll be hosting the next edition of the Nations Cup, so not good really for them to go out at the round of 16 this time. Also, they didn't make it through to the final playoff round of the World Cup, uh, that despite them having such a great squad. Well, the other game was low on excitement until we got to the penalty shootout. Goalless between Mali and Equatorial Guinea after extra time. And then the drama of the shootout with Equatorial Guinea taking it 6-5 on penalties. So both of Wednesday's games are nil-nil after 120 minutes and settled by penalty shootouts. And with Equatorial Guinea going through to the quarterfinals, that means the Africa Cup of Nations of surprises continues. Right now here on Cameroon Roars, brought to you by Passion for Sport, to the latest on Monday stadium tragedy that saw eight people losing their lives at the Olembe Stadium in Yaoundé. A CAF says again in a statement that there'll be no more games at the Olembe Stadium until CAF and the local organising committee have received the full report of the investigation committee into the incident. As well as that, two games have been moved away from Douala to the Amadou Ahijo Stadium, apparently because of the state of the pitch at the Japan. Homer Stadium in Douala. 
to social media now. And yesterday we asked her, what do you think about the stadium tragedy? And we highlighted that the key issue was that one of the main gates was locked, resulting in the stampede and the crush and the sad loss of life. So we asked for your thoughts about the tragedy. And Free, who's in Cameroon, gave us an eyewitness account. Uh, Free says, I'm a Cameroonian. I was present at the scene. And the problem was due to the fact that the stadium was opened only two hours to kick off rather than the initial four hours. Secondly, CAF volunteers closed up all the other entrances and just left a single entrance for the fans. Just imagine a crowd of supporters using just one gate, says Free. And then the fans were asked to follow a queue, which we refused to do because it was already less than 10 minutes before kickoff. Uh, thanks very much uh, to Free for that eyewitness account. Uh, he was uh, at the game. Uh, then Elvis Sefru, also in Cameroon, said, Why did they lock the other gate? I fully blame the organising committee on this issue. And Asambu One in the Gambia says, Poor planning was the order of the day. I'm really disappointed with Cameroon on their organisation of this AFCON. Then Sideko Suno from the Gambia says, I blame the local organizing committee for this unfortunate tragedy and my condolences to the families of the people who lost their lives in the stadium. Uh, Bouzian Qatar in Algeria says it's a fiasco, it's scandalous. And Rufus Usiahon in Nigeria says this is one of the worst Nations Cups ever. Uh, thanks for those comments. Again, condolences from all of us here at Passion for Sport to those who lost loved ones in that incident. Um, well, Ida, it's really beginning to sink in, isn't it? Uh, what are your thoughts on what happened on Monday night? It's a horrible, horrible situation, Steve. I mean, so many questions, and unfortunately, we might not get the answers. Um, there's one listener there who's talked about the situation at the gate, and another has talked about poor planning, and I absolutely agree. Steve, for context, the Olembe Stadium has a capacity of 60,000. And while capacity for games at this 2021 AFCON has been capped at 60%, you know, of course, you know, owing to the COVID rules, with games involving Cameroon, this has been upped to 80%. So as per this particular stadium, it does mean that capacity should have been maximum at 48,000. Now, officials say that about 50,000 people, Steve, tried to attend the match. Now, as per unconfirmed reports, this is mostly due to the fact that the Cameroonian authorities have been organizing mass transport and they have been giving out tickets to get fans to attend the game, more fans at least, to attend the games physically at the stadium. So to go back to what a listener asked, how could one gate be used for all those people? So yes, this definitely falls on the local organizing committee. It falls on CAF. It should be a shared responsibility. Will we see, however, action on those responsible? Now, Steve, this will sound cynical, but personally, I'm not holding my breath. Should the games after, immediately after, have been postponed, you know, in light of the fact that people died in Olembe on Monday? Everyone has their opinion on that. It's differing. But, Steve, at the end of the day, children, women, men lost their lives. Well, uh, Sunday's quarterfinal between Egypt and Morocco, that was supposed to be at Olembe. It's since been moved to a different stadium. But at the end of the day, we do need to see more from CAF on this matter.
Yeah, sure. Thanks, Ida. And we'll certainly keep following this story. Well, this is Cameroon Roars, brought to you by Passion for Sport, the show coming to you every day throughout the 2021 Africa Cup of Nations, online, on radio and on our app. To download the app, go to the Play Store or the Apple iTunes App Store and enter Planet Sport Football Africa. You can listen to past programmes there too and our weekly show, Planet Sport Football Africa. Now, one story that we covered earlier on was the interim president of Guinea, Colonel Mamadi Tumbuya, giving the Guinea team an ultimatum, saying that if they didn't win the Nations Cup, he would expect them to reimburse every fee invested in them. Uh, Guinea have never won the tournament. They went out at the round of 16, this time losing to the Gambia. Uh, well, the latest is that uh, President Dumbuya has forgiven the team. He says his ultimatum was just to encourage them and that he understands that team building takes time. Uh, but he also said the money given to the team by government also covered the quarterfinals, semifinals and the final. And so as they didn't reach that stage, they must return that money to the state coffers. Uh, that's fair enough, I guess, Ida. <laughs> Fair enough, Steve. In short, bring back the trophy or bring back the money, you know? What a story. But ultimately, I am glad that these governments are investing money into their players and into their teams. But they should also realize that this isn't a favor per se, you know. This is something that's done by developed football nations all over the world. Now, with that said, would one be forgiven for thinking that that was a pretty far off call by the Guinean president? Surely so, because while Guinea were runners up at the Nations Cup in 1976, since then, the furthest they've gone is the quarterfinal. Now, they've gotten there four times, uh, most recently in 2015, but all in all, this is a team that's even yet to qualify for the FIFA World Cup. But hey, Steve, I guess people look at incentive differently. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and we'll see how Guinea do at the next edition of the Africa Cup of Nations. Thanks, Ida. That's African football expert Ida Waringa in Nairobi in Kenya. Now, one feature of this edition of the Africa Cup of Nations is how some of the smaller teams have done really well, while some of the big-name players haven't performed as well as expected. With a look at how ordinary teams can beat the superstars, here's Ephraim Tagu. There are many ways to win a football match, and for a number of the sides competing in this year's Africa Cup of Nations tournament, the expectation has been that their superstars will swing each game in their favour. Yet... As the tournament has progressed, it's become clear it's not as simple as that. Defending champions Algeria didn't make it out of the group stages, despite having stellar talents such as Manchester City's Riyad Mahrez and West Ham's Said Benrahma. Gabon's hopes were pinned on Arsenal striker Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, but he played no part. And the traditionally fancied Nigeria were unexpectedly knocked out in the round of 16 by Tunisia. Despite fielding an array of big names uh, such as Wilfred Ndidi and Kelechi and Nacho, both of Leicester City and Everton's Alex Iwobi. Yes, superstar players can sometimes deliver a piece of brilliance uh, that uh, provides a goal that can make the difference. But the pressure to perform on the world stage is intense and they don't always reach the high standards expected of them. And sometimes a team can end up being unbalanced. 
Instead, the tournament so far has shown that less fancied nations can spring a few surprises of their own. Newcomers, Comoros, won many admirers with their progress out of the group stage and a thrilling performance against Cameroon in the round of 16. They were forced to field an outfit player in goal after losing all their keepers to COVID-positive tests or injury and played most of the match with 10 men after losing their skipper early on to a red card. Yet Cameroon struggled to win 2-1 after an heroic performance from their opponents. Now, the Gambia have exceeded expectations in progressing far into the tournament and were inspired by their coach Tom Seinfeld's words before the game to become heroes, which the Scorpions did with an impressive win over Guinea. And Cape Verde have impressed many by getting out of the group stage and making their supporters back home proud. All of these have used one very important approach at the heart of their success. Teamwork. A teamwork means every player pulls their weight. Each one knows their job in how the team play and supports every other player. No one is greater than any other, and the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. In many sports, a teamwork and the desire to win can often triumph over greater skill and talent. It's the same in life, where people, made in the image of God, can achieve much more when they work together and support one another. We are created for community. Followers of Jesus are called to unity and mutual support, as the Apostle Paul reminds the Church of Philippi, make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. It's well worth remembering, in a world where so many long to be superstars, that ordinary men and women working together can achieve extraordinary things. Well, thanks, Ephraim. That's Ephraim Tagu there. You can read this blog on our website. That's planetsport.tv. You click on the blog section at the top on the right. It's called How Ordinary Teams Can Beat the Superstars. That's on our website, planetsport.tv. Right, that's it for the show for today. So no games today or tomorrow. Quarterfinal action on on Saturday and Sunday. From me, Steve Vickers and Ida Waringa, Cameroon Roars is a passion for sport production.